So, are you DTFX? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. We are back. Got a fun episode this evening. Just Jake and I doing our thing, talking into the uh, airwaves here. We got a fun episode, a little who do you rather? Uh, we're, we're taking two players somewhat near ADP and to say who would we rather have based on ADP. And who we think is going to have a better season this year. Who would we rather have? It's that simple. Yes, Dave, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, Jake, how are you doing this evening? I know you are one of the unfortunate ones that that you brought something back from Canton with you. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I sure and it, and did. It's not herpes. It's not herpes. It's just <laughs> <there>. <laughs> it is my own little keepsake. Yeah, I unfortunately did get the COVID whilst out in Canton. So that's still been an ongoing saga here this past week. I noticed something a little bit iffy as we were recording last week, but I, I chalked it up as we were talking ahead of time. Like, ah, you know, my throat doesn't feel great. Well, we were shouting all weekend. There was karaoke mm. on Sunday. You know, that's, that's going to happen, but. No, turns out it was the vid. So as I'm recuperating here, uh, I will try to uh, keep any coughs out of this mic stick um, so it doesn't hurt your your dearest ears, listeners. Oh, that's very considerate of you. And I'm glad you called it a mic stick instead of something else. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm glad you're not doing too bad here, all things considered, uh, with, with when you're down with the sickness. So... Any any news or notes you want to talk about here, Jake? I don't know. I, obviously, we can see it's Jake and I solo. Um, I guess I guess before we get into news and notes, I can share what I'm drinking. I know you are declining beverages this evening as you are still recuperating. So uh, can't fault you there one bit. Uh, I am just drinking a homebrew this evening. My Berliner Weiss. We imbibed in a handful of these at the expo uh, as we were watching Packer. Uh, preseason replay uh in the room and it's very delicious one of my favorite homebrews i do every single year so that's that my water's delightful tonight uh it's in a blender bottle uh which did is you blend great. it with something or just no the bottle you had just just my hopes and dreams for a better tomorrow is this world and for me is this like RO water or, or like mineral water? Is, is this something special or is it just tap water? Filtered out of the tap. You know, that right. real clean reverse osmosis water. That's nice. what you want. I've been pumping liquid IVs. Uh, so there's a little bit of residue from those still in there. It's not the real deal, but, you know, I just keep keep refilling. It Placebo. You, you get a little hint. You get a little yeah. hint of it in there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> This is so sad. Can we move on to something that's sad for somebody else and not for me? Do you wanna do you wanna at least hit our drunk trade of the week? Or is there any NFL action you want to talk about before we do that? Is there really? I don't know. I mean, there's lots of NFL news going on, preseason stuff, but I also sure. feel like other podcasts have probably covered that prior to us here. 
Uh, or yeah, you just see just it on your Twitter. Feed. Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go visit Twitter. You'll get caught up on the news real fast. We don't got to deal with that. We got other shit, more That's important right. stuff to get to. That's right. So yeah, let's do our drunk trade of the week. Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. This week's comes to us from Twitter. Richard Sickles, welcome from our regular routine chat and into the show itself. So Richard says, Welp, I did it. I woke up to this email after I made a drunken trade offer. The email listener is the nice little recap you get from MFL saying what trade was completed. <laughs> he says, am I one of you now? Just uh, based on this trade. So the trade itself coming from Richard. This was, uh, and by the way, I, I had to get clarification on what type of a league this is. This is a one quarterback non-premium, so nothing special with tight ends, full PPR. This was after a half bottle of Bacardi, Limon, and Coke. Woo. Uh, Richard, you know, they, they only give you one of those livers, so, so be cautious with it, my friend. Um, but this is the trade that he actually did. It was him sending away George Kittle, a 2023 first round pick and a 2023 third round pick. And in return, getting Allen Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I don't know, Dustin. I don't know. Uh, so again, no premium with this. So George Kittle, just just another tight end. Um, but those picks, I guess. So this is clearly a case, or it seems to be a case, maybe one person trying to win a little bit more this year than the other. I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's why you'd get those 2023 future picks there. So my question is, Allen Robinson, how high are you on him? Because that is what hinges on this trade for me. If right. you believe that he is a win-now piece for you, it's a totally different vibe. So let me start with the one thing I really like about this trade. And it it's the name, the ginger beard man. <laughs> I, I love that. I think that is clever. Uh, kudos to that team name. I freaking love that. Uh, so that that's the good news about this trade. <laughs> uh, okay. Getting back to your question, Allen Robinson. I, I feel like Allen Robinson and Juju can both be very good assets for you. Giving up, although just giving up a first round pick for next year. And George Kittle. I mean, the third is just kind of a whatever toss in piece that doesn't do much for me but george kittle and a first for both those players i mean i just don't see the payoff there could alan robinson and juju both hit and be top 12 wide receiver this year they could be do i think that's going to happen probably not <laughs> so i i'm giving up george kittle who yes has been injured and i know we don't use the term injury prone on this podcast um he he tends to miss a couple games at least each season, but still very young, uh, still a great tight end. Uh, you know he's going to be involved in that offense. And then the very coveted twenty three first round draft pick. I just I just don't see where you can balance this equation at all. 
Does it does it change your opinion at all if we remove that 2023 third? Does that really level uh, the playing field here for you? You um, could throw the 23 third on the other side, and it still wouldn't even out this trade. Yeah, for me, you know, and I am higher than most on Allen Robinson. Maybe his name will come up again later in the episode. Who knows? Uh, but I am higher, I think, than most, or at least than consensus for Allen Robinson this year. Like, I think a top 24 finish, very easy for him. Top 20, also very easy. I think where I get caught up is, ah, you know, Robert Woods, who knew this offense very well, kind of topped out as as about a wide receiver 12, wide receiver 13 before his injury last season. Allen Robinson, a lot has to go his way to get up to that point. So mm-hmm. I'm a little uh, I'm a little scared too. Um, even though I think George Kittle is in a curious situation himself in that offense this season, that 2023 first is going to be worth its weight in gold. You know, especially come mid season once teams start falling out of favor. So I would take uh, that side as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not egregious, or not as egregious as some that we've seen, but certainly you know, rough. Yeah, I am going to agree with uh, Dave here in the chat. Take away Kittle or the first and it's close. Hmm. That's interesting. And and that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm a little bit lower on, I think, than some people. So that explains it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's do this as a transition, Dustin, if I may. If I may. You may. Who would... Who would you rather have out of this trade for 2022, Allen Robinson or Juju Smith-Schuster? Um, I'm I'm going to say Juju, only because I think his ceiling is better than Allen Robinson's. We've seen Juju do it in the past, where he has been a top 12 wide receiver. I know Allen Robinson has done as well, uh, and he's done it with a lot worse quarterbacks. However, Allen Robinson is probably playing on the most talented team he's ever been on uh, as far as other complimentary uh, receiving pieces where there's a lot of question marks in Casey outside of Travis Kelsey at this point of who could be that lead uh, receiving option. So that's why I lean Juju in this case. Totally a ceiling play. Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, For reference, wide receiver 29 in ADP in full PPR is Allen Robinson. Wide receiver 34 is Juju, so they are fairly close. That's mm-hmm. why I was curious. Um, I think I would still give the edge to Allen Robinson. I'm just really, really hoping for that bounce back this year. But uh, yeah, a good trade, Richard. Thank you for supplying mm-hmm. that to us. And listeners, please supply your trades. Um, we might consider them more favorably than we did that one. Hard to say, though. Okay. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Do you want to start this week or shall I? And and what position do we start with? Uh, you know, I, I had no no grand plans to start at any one particular position. In fact, if we're doing this, who would you rather? You know, I was going through Just looking. Bounce around? Hey, yeah, where are they at the top of ADP? You know, I was going to kind of start there. These kind of first, second round guys, these close ones, and then kind of work my way down. I really think it's a, it's a pick your poison here. I don't think we need to stick to any particular position. Yes, I concur. <laughs> All right. Would you like me to, to kick this damn thing off then? Please do. All right. Let's do it. So uh, even though I unofficially kicked us off with that one, let's do it legit this time. 
And I want to ask you at the top of your draft, if you are taking a wide receiver, would you rather have Devontae Adams, new Las Vegas Raider at wide receiver four, or Stephon Diggs at wide receiver five? Diggs. Going with Diggs is there? Yeah. Uh... I I like the. Uh, it's a little bit more high powered offense. I feel like it's going to be, or we've seen historically the last couple seasons here. I don't necessarily buy into the Gabe Davis hype, but I think he is a good complimentary piece. I don't think he's going to be as involved as people are expecting. Um, and just with the new landing spot for Devonte, he's not going to garner that whatever outrageous 30% target share that he's been seeing the last three or four seasons in green Bay. Uh, they have more pieces there in, in, uh, Las Vegas. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, with Renfro Waller, I, I just, there, there's more competition for targets there. So that's why I pick Stefan Diggs. I do think we're going to see a bit of a regression from Devante this season. I will agree with you on this one. I, I wasn't sure where you would lean, but I like Diggs a lot. He's led the NFL in targets the last two seasons uh, in total, going back to 2020. He just signed this massive contract in the offseason. He's not fading away from this offense. He's not old. He, you know, he's going to be super featured uh, still with Josh Allen. And like you said, I'm actually afraid for the Raiders offense a little bit more because there is some weird coaching turnover there that I think is going under the radar in terms of their scheme. Mm-hmm. And Hunter Renfro, give give the man his flowers. And I just saw this clip on Twitter pop up yesterday, uh, Twitter slash TikTok, where I believe it was Derwin James was being interviewed about, you know, who are your uh, top wide receivers that you have to go against. And he's talking about Tyreek Hill. He's talking about Devontae, and then he throws Hunter Renfro's name in there. <laughs> and it, like, stops the interviewer in his tracks. Then he's stone-cold serious when he says that Hunter Renfro is one of the best route runners out there in the game. And, you know, I'm not going to argue with that. What the fuck yeah. do I know? <laughs> and Darren Waller still, yeah, getting that crazy high target share that he's had the last couple of seasons. Yeah. You know, I don't think Devontae's going to finish necessarily outside the top 10. Right. Uh, this right. season. But yeah, I agree. Give me Diggs. I think Diggs could finish as number one overall and it wouldn't really phase me. Yeah, same here. All right. All right. Where do I want to start here? So many options. I know there are so many options. All right, let's do running backs. We're going to do a running back one here. All right. I'm not going to start with the one I want to start with. Uh, I'll save that one for a little bit later. Uh, wow, but, what a tease. I what know. a tantalizing so, line. So we'll, we'll go with you with your line here, Jake. We'll start high, work our way down. So we've got Derrick Henry as the RB4 in ADP right now versus Joe Mixon at number seven. Okay, so for this one, it's just because there's a tiny bit of a gap. Are we going at cost or are we just going straight up? Um, I think you could go either way. I mean, start start with at cost. Start with at cost. At cost, uh, I still think I want Derrick Henry. So I guess we don't really need to explore the, <laughs> the straight up either. Um, and it's not that I, I dislike Joe Mixon. It's just I think Joe Mixon's ceiling is not what Derrick Henry's ceiling is at all. Last year, Joe Mixon had his breakout, right? Mm-hmm. He finished very high overall at the end of season when you looked at his finish. 
But so much of that was due to multiple touchdown games that kind of came out of nowhere. Not taking that away from him, of course. But those games where he wasn't scoring touchdowns, hmm, he's he's fine. But he finished outside of the top 24, I believe it was over 50% of the time. So 50% of the time at least, you were pretty bummed about Joe Mixon. Yeah, at the end of the year, great. You can see, I think he was RB7, maybe. Don't quote me on mm-hmm. that at the end of the season. But uh, So there's his ADP, right? You just copy yep. and paste from last season. Well, okay, Joe Mixon will do that again. I, mean, I don't care about that as much as I care about Derrick Henry, who can win your week single-handedly. And I still believe that. I know the injury is a concern for a lot of people, so I'm actually surprised RB4 is his current ADP. But... Uh, hey, if if you're viewing him through the lens I am, you want the upside and you don't care quite as much if he misses some games. Yeah, I'm basically uh, lockstep with you here on this one. The reason I wanted to bring this one up is that Derrick Henry isn't uh, PPR back where Joe Mixon has that PPR upside. So just wanted to kind of see how that one would have played out. Uh, but I, I agree with you for all the same reasons. Although to that point about the PPR thing, Hey, how much does A.J. Brown leaving, Traylon Burks kind of being in the doghouse right now with the Mm -hmm. coach, like how many targets does that open up for Henry, who was actually doing okay in terms of Mm -hmm. targets, better than he had the last uh, year. Better for him. (laughs) Exactly. He's he's not going to be CMC, (laughs) let's not misconstrue, but it was definitely an improvement. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I still love him here. Um, I would like to continue on the running back train for a moment. And then uh, I'll, I'll kind of remove from the top rounds here after this one. But, you know, I actually just posted on on Twitter, and I'm sure I'm going to get absolutely uh, dismantled over this take. So I'm curious to see what you have to say. So running back, RB8, DeAndre Swift versus Alvin Kamara at RB9. So both guys who are going to be heavily emphasized as pass catching backs, that's where we're hoping the value will come from uh, going back to back. So Alvin Kamara doesn't seem like any suspension is going to happen this year, if anything, 2023. So if he plays the full year, who would you rather? Well, let me, um, I don't know if I can pull up my, uh, my screen here. Um, Cause I saw your tweet. And, well, and I, right and I responded. I just want to know. I want you to know. Yeah. I responded. Can you see this? <laughs> so my <laughs> yes. tweet, listener, is that I have DeAndre Swift outside of my top 12 running backs for this season. Now, that, that should not have been that much of a surprise to you, Dustin, based on how much I have just, you know, hated on him. Uh, I compared know. to his ADP. I still am angry about it, though. <laughs> you You be as angry as you want to be about it. Uh, in full PPR, I will say he's just outside the top 12. Half PPR gets a little dicier for me. but So I'm curious, though. Kamara versus Swift. I mean, you're obviously big on Swift, but is it enough for you yes. to take him over him? Yes. Okay. 100%. And any, so are you nervous about Kamara because of the enhanced weaponry that's now on the Saints? I mean, Michael Thomas coming back, Chris Olavi looking good, Jarvis Landry at all. Um, I guess that's part of it. I think too. I mean, you have Jameis, assuming he starts week one, which I, I know it looks like he's going to here, but he's coming back from his injury. 
you know, in really where Kamara makes his hay is in the receiving game. So how much will Jameis check down to him? We know he's a YOLO, just throw it down the field kind of uh, quarterback. So that doesn't really necessarily play into Kamara's strengths out of the backfield there. So that's really kind of the tiebreaker for me. Uh, and I really, uh, yeah, that's it. I, I thought I had another thought coming on and it just, my brain stopped. So no, I'm going to stop there. That's fair. No, look, I'm not worried about Jameis really because Kamara with Jameis in the few games, I know it's a somewhat small sample size, but last year he was completely fine and it still offered an incredible baseline. I just, I love that offense way more than I like uh, the Lions offense. And, and even acknowledging that I think they'll take a, a big step forward from last year. It's just like, First of all, I don't believe that you will get Swift at RB8 by the time Hard Knocks wraps up. I still think mm, that bump is coming. Well, uh, the more sure. that we see of him on Hard Knocks, like that's just going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. But I've mentioned it before. He was a dump-off guy last year. It's not like Merritt, who had designed plays for him to get the ball as a pass catcher. Swift was just, look, man, nobody else is open right now. Here you go. Try, do something. That's That's what he was, and that's fine. But if you have improved dudes around him, that's why I'm concerned. Because he w- that's why he was getting the ball. Kamara, like, hey, you're still really good. If we want to get you the ball, Swift was like, well, by default. And I love Jamal Williams. So I don't hide my love for Jamal Williams. He oh, was more of their goal line guy than Swift was last season. You know, they both played the same amount of games. Swift had more opportunities. And they split carries. I know carries don't matter as much between the 20s. Like, you better really come with those targets if, if you want me to, to love you in, in full mm-hmm. PPR. So I'd go Camara. Okay. Let's do our first quarterback. Who would you rather? So we've got our very own Aaron Rodgers at QB 10 and Russell Wilson at QB 11. Can I tell Mr. you? Unlimited. What? Can I tell you why we make such a good podcasting team? Is you had this, this exact, exact same one? one was on my list. They're too yes. perfect together, especially at those ADPs. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, this is a really easy one. I'd rather take Russell and his talent. It's one mm-hmm. of the only times you're going to hear me say it. I'm nervous for Aaron Rodgers this year. I just don't believe in his pass catchers. The weapons, Outs- yeah. Outside of the the backfield and maybe Robert Tunyon, if he's back and fully healthy, I- and I'm not relying on Sammy Watkins and uh, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard here. And the rookies are Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. He's having lunch with Romeo Dubs. So maybe mm-hmm. that'll change everything now. That could. Um, it could. You know, I really just believe like our defense has been incredible. Allow me to indulge in that homerism for a second. I think it's just going to be a defense run centric offense, you know, ball control style. And Rodgers will still be great for the NFL, mm-hmm. probably. Um, but Russell Wilson, they're designing the damn offense around him. He's got much better He's pieces. He's, he should finally cook. So I have no qualms with him. Mm-hmm. Same here. I agree 100%. I just, the weapons that Wilson has, a uh, greater sign than Green Bay weapons. And you, you could, maybe it's not a one for one, but even the backfield. I know Green Bay has the one two punch with Dylan and Jones, but they also got Melgo and, and Jamal or Javante Williams. So like a very good back. Field duo as well, plus all the other receiving weapons. 
yeah, I'll take Russell Wilson uh, at that discount uh, over Aaron Rodgers. Yep, I think you're drafting one at their ceiling and one at their floor, mm-hmm. uh, and I know who I want out of that. So yep. let's take a turn towards wide receivers for a minute. This is a weird one, and I these guys really haven't been top of mind for me at all this offseason, so I'm curious for you. Jalen Waddle, second year with the Dolphins now going wide receiver 15 versus DJ Moore, who's going wide receiver 17, still with the Panthers there. Have you thought about either of these guys very much? Well, I've thought about Waddle a little bit just because I have him as one of my Hooji Rathers uh, for for the show uh-huh. that we maybe we'll get to. We'll see. Um, DJ Moore, he's kind of been off my radar. Not because I'm off of DJ Moore. It's just, yeah, he'll he'll probably finish wide receiver 15 to 17. He, you know, he'll get 1,100, 1,200 yards and four touchdowns and He's just very workmanlike about about his production year in and year out. Fine player, and he's fine for fantasy. He's never going to be that wide receiver one that we have all hoped for when he came into the league. That's just, I don't think that's who he is. And that's fine. We all need wide receiver twos. So I can't say he's been on, even with Baker, you know, taking over the reins there now, it's just like that doesn't move the needle a whole lot for me. It could, I suppose, but I just don't necessarily see it. The Panthers are still going to be not great so yeah i guess give me waddle over dj Moore, uh just because we saw what he did last season i know tyreek's there this year but you know i i'll i'll take the guy that we've seen put up basically where he was top 12 wide receiver last year yeah and he definitely did that based strictly on catches you know, mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't a yardage uh, wide receiver 12 finish, but um, he got there. I, I It's hard for me to love either of Tyreek or Jalen Waddle this season. I'd begrudgingly, like I can't get Hill outside of my top 12 guys as much as I try. Like he's just clinging on. For Waddle, man, I don't, I'm uninspired still by Tua. Maybe that's just me having too much uh, you know, leftover hate from the last couple of years of just, or disappointment, rather. Mm-hmm. Just like, man, he's just not doing it. And maybe Tyreek is what unlocks him, which then allows him still to do better things with Waddle, too, and they all thrive together. Sure, I think I'd still rather take the safety and security of DJ Moore, who I think has a t- teeny tiny bit more upside with Baker. Like, I'd rather him play with Baker than Sam Darnold again. Oh, Absolutely. But either way, Christian McCaffrey is going to be there absorbing mm-hmm. the garden of targets. You know, he's going to get the cornucopia of looks there. So I I don't love either. And I think that's why I was just kind of thrown by these two names next to each other. But hey, if I have to, let's be real. I'm probably skipping them both in favor of a running back at that point in the draft. But DJ Moore, I think, is going to be fine for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to go over to tight ends now. We've got TJ Hawkinson as your tight end seven or Pat Fryermuth as tight end 11. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. You like this one. I really like this one because we haven't talked about Pat Fryermuth enough. I think the only time we did was when uh, Herms was on the episode for, uh-huh. for this division, in fact, uh, talking about the Steelers. I love Pat Fryermuth. And 
he is one of the guys that I think is considered kind of in the, I guess not even really tight end dead zone though, because he's going so late in drafts now. I think mm-hmm. Hawkinson is kind of the start of the ted, tight end dead zone. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, I missed out on all the elite guys who I yep. still don't believe are probably going to be elite this year. But regardless, I, I I don't want Hawkinson. It's a little bit of a swift type of correlation too. Right. I think both of those guys will eat into each other along with the guys that they added in that offense. You know, I think are just going to kind of eat each other because they have guys that can actually stretch the field and get real yardage instead of just dump offs. And that's what Hawkinson is as well, or what he was certainly last year. Pat Fryermuth, I'm not saying he's the most athletic guy, but damn, I would rather take him with whichever quarterback they're going to throw out there, whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. I think Pickett probably gets the job sooner than later. And I still think that offense is good enough and the coaching is good enough to give him more scoring opportunities. So it's like, I'll try Pat Fryermuth for those touchdowns, which he got plenty of last season. Mm -hmm. He was always found in the red zone. And I don't think that's going to go away this year. So I'll take Pat. Yeah, I am the same. Um, Begrudgingly. Yeah, I think there's, like you said, a lot of weapons. And I know theory out there is good players demand more targets. But, I mean, there is just a lot of opportunity on that Detroit offense uh, with Amon Ra, yeah, DJ Chark, Jamison Williams going to be coming back from injury at some point, Hawkinson, Swift, Jamal Williams. I mean, there there is a lot of options and different ways this offense can play out. So, And not to say that there's an offensive weapons in uh, the Steelers either, because obviously there is. But we've seen Fryermuth do it already. You know, we, we saw him and at cost where you're getting him so much later at tight end 11 than tight end seven. Give me that discount on a guy that I think that has a really good upside. I've said it before. It's an arbitrary cutoff. I don't care. Mm-hmm. After like week nine, Pat Fryermuth was tied with Dalton Schultz uh, for points per game. And they were both basically like tight end four or five. Like he did that as a rookie, but we overlook it because Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. obviously was the bigger story at rookie. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take Pat there. Now, man, I no, I'm not going to go back to the tight end. Well, we're going <laughs> to skip. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I am curious though about, especially for you. I I kind of hand chose one of these guys. Certainly, I want to get back Ooh. to running backs. Yeah, I want to get back to running backs. Uh, J.K. Dobbins going as running back 23 versus Brees Hall, rookie for the Jets, going as running back 24 in full PPR. Now, you have been higher on Dobbins this offseason and a little Mm -hmm. bit more trusting of him. Do you still trust in Dobbins? Yes. More so than Brees Hall? Yes. With with the Ravens offense, we know what they want to do. We know they want to be a run-oriented offense and use the run game to open up the passing. Uh, They don't want to have to rely on Lamar to pass the ball 35, 40 times a game. That's just not their MO. It hasn't been since they drafted him. With the Jets, we don't know what this offense is going to look like. I I know they needed a running back. Well, okay, personally, I didn't think they needed a running back. I thought they had a perfectly serviceable one uh, who has really disappointed um, that they drafted Brees Hall to overtake him. That is besides the point, but they need, they obviously thought they needed a running back, but they also drafted a 
wide receiver in the first round. Uh, they've got their wide receiver from last year's draft that had a very solid rookie season. So I, it's it's just hard to know how this Jets offense is really going to want to operate. I know they come from the San Francisco tree where you know maybe they do a little bit more, you know, a little bit more run heavy, run oriented, but. I don't know. I, I I just I know what we're gonna get from from the Ravens, so that's why I'd stick with Dobbins. Fair enough. Real quick, I want to call out Richard Sickles who entered the chat. This is a two for hey. you. You missed yourself at the start of the episode with your drunk trade recap. So Richard, go back and listen. But hello to you in the chat now. Um, I do want to talk about Dobbins and the the perception of him, which, like you said, hey, it's the offense. They want to run. And boy, do they. But Lamar certainly wants to run a lot himself. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily, I don't think, want to dump off to running backs. We saw that happen more last year. Not as like a percentage of plays, but just they ran so many more plays. The running backs got more targets. Devonta Freeman got more targets. I used to think that that could carry over this season. I'm a little bit more hesitant now. I really am. Like, look back, uh, remember Mark Ingram with the Ravens, and he, he had, mm-hmm. like, a, a top 10 or 12 season with them. It was all because of touchdowns. He had double-digit touchdowns, and that's what Dobbins has to do for me. And I think Brees Hall could get there without it. He is a really good pass catcher. And I think that, yeah, even though they have Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson there, I don't think that if the offense actually moves along, like I hope they will, with the offensive line improvements and whatnot, I think I'd rather take Brees Hall because he doesn't have an injury concern that's still bugging me. And for Dobbins, it's still there. Until I see him out there week one, I just have real hard time believing in him. And that mm-hmm. could bite me. And I'm oh, I'm okay with that. Like, I'll, I'll miss on him this year, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. Be a hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I just like Hall more. You're a hater. All right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go back to wide receivers here because this one I think is interesting. So we're going with teammates on this one. Ooh, okay. We've got Cortland Sutton at 23 and Jerry Judy at 26. Hmm. I'm still shocked that their ADP is so close together. I know. I couldn't believe Uh, it either. At this point, I thought there'd be a little bit more differentiation. So I I love Cortland Sutton. And I prefer his play style to match up with Russell Wilson versus Jerry Judy. I think that Cortland Sutton is going to be the touchdown monster there, especially with Tim Patrick, unfortunately, sidelined for the mm-hmm. year. Uh, I know people are screaming at me right now, like, fucking Tim Patrick? That was your concern? <laughs> well, it wasn't a concern, but even with that out of the way, it just, I think, clears an even wider path for Cortland Sutton to finish as a top 12 guy. Guy of... I have all the confidence in the world that he can do that. Jerry Judy, I, I know he's a good route runner, I, and I understand that he's been talented his first two seasons in the NFL as well. It's just purely how I think their play styles will match up with the new quarterback. So I don't hate Judy. Uh, if I miss on Sutton and Judy falls, I'll take him and say, hey, mm-hmm. maybe I could be wrong. I've been before. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine with that, but... At this cost, which is barely any difference right now, Sutton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Sutton has way more upside in this offense than Jerry Judy does. And it, nothing to take away from Judy. He's a very good player. Uh, but I, I just, yeah, with the downfield throwing that 
Russell likes to do. Um, yeah, I think that's that's going to be it. Yeah, so we're both kind of in. It's more of a quarterback thing than a player thing. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm down. Okay. Uh, let me. I, I like that we we finally found our way back to each other, Dustin. We did it. We did it. Um, here's an interesting. I hate to keep harping on the quarterbacks. I don't want to be, or excuse me, the running backs. I don't want to be the running back guy. Uh, but I, I'm finding myself there because this is a really interesting case of backups. I think that we have, uh, in, I, I backup slash one B. Like they're not true handcuffs, mm-hmm. but they're not maybe for a lot of people outright uh, usable uh, by their you know lonesome. So Kareem Hunt RB thirty one versus Tony Pollard RB thirty two. So Hunt has Nick Chubb to contend with. In the Cleveland offense, that's going to be run by Jacoby Brissett for the first uh, 11 games. And then Tony Pollard, of course, contends with your guy, Zeke. Mm-hmm. So this is really, I think, I don't know, maybe testing your Zeke love or seeing how much room you'll allow for his partner to have. Yeah, yeah this is actually a tough one. Because um, both become immediate RB1s if they're, the guy in front of them goes down. Like, like they both have that talent. Obviously, with Cream Hunt, we've seen it uh, previously, so I'm not worried there. Tony Pollard, he's flashed in his opportunities. Ooh, this is a good one. I want to say, uh, begrudgingly, I'm going to say Tony Pollard, only be- only because um, I think the offense is going to be better in Dallas, and Pollard will have more opportunities and maybe design plays from Dak rather than Jacoby Brissett and, and that offense. I, I, I don't, I, I can't see them taking Chubb off the field, even in obvious passing situations because he's one of their best players and you don't take your best players off the field. So he could, he could just see more passing work by default. Uh, just, just by the function of how, bad I think that offense is going to be to start the year yeah I you know it's kind of funny I almost look at it from the exact opposite angle of with Jacoby Brissett I might want Kareem Hunt more because I know what Jacoby Brissett is and isn't and he's definitely not the uh, I'm going to sustain a couple of top wide receivers kind of guy Um, even when he had like a T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis Mm -hmm. that wasn't his jam he definitely favored tight ends, and he he did pretty all right by those running backs, too. Kareem Hunt had 27 targets in eight games last year. You know, I think it's pretty easy to say that that pace would continue, so chalk mm-hmm. him up for 50, 60 targets. Uh, I don't know, man. I I want the breakout to happen as much as anybody for Tony Pollard. I think almost just as much so that I can rub the Zeke thing in your face. Um, so uh, would you would you say, though, that maybe Tyrod or Tyrod, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. um, don't you think maybe, though, he instead of dumping the ball off, he might take off and run with the ball a little bit more often? Wait, you mean Jacoby? Jacoby. Yeah, and, Jacoby. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. Wrong uh, bad quarterback for wide receivers. Uh, Neither of them do their (laughs) wide receivers any favors. That's true. Um, Yeah, I I think that could happen. 
But I think that sacrifices the rushing attempts, I think, maybe a little bit more if they're designed enough. Like it's it's going to mm-hmm. sacrifice the rushing attempts as opposed to the targets. So I don't know that I have the same concern about his lack of dumping off. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he'll scramble more and that'll that'll hurt Kareem Hunt. Could happen. I also just think like, man, the sky would be the limit as a pure handcuff for Kareem Hunt, even in that offense, because mm-hmm. we know exactly what they want to do. Tony Pollard is still me hoping. It's me hoping that because of the lack of pass catchers out there right now, start the year, Tony Pollard will get his damn involvement. Um, this is a tough one. So it that's is. why I want to throw it out. But I think I barely lean Hunt here. Okay. Should we do a couple more here? Let's do it. Let's let's wrap one up, uh, maybe one each, and, and call it a day. What do you think? That sounds good. All right. All right. Let's... What should I do then? I gotta pick a good one. How oh how about this one? We'll go quarterback. Do I wanna do a gross I got two good ones. Do you wanna do a gross quarterback or a good quarterback? <laughs> Man, I don't know. We we haven't really been too gross at this point in the podcast. We could we could stretch if you want. All right. All right, here's a gross one for you. <laughs> You've got Jared Goff at QB twenty six. Oh fuck, I take it back. I take it or, back. Or Matt Ryan at QB twenty one. Um. Oh wow. Okay. So <laughs> to be fair, with how deep quarterback is this year, I don't even view this as at gross. Like I know they're not obviously the elite guys you're going after, but I don't think it's that gross. Matt Ryan in Indy, he should have a good swan song sort of year. I think he should. Right? He's in a much better situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, who was he thrown to? It was Kyle Pitts. <laughs> was much, it? Better, much better offensive line. My, what he crazy had improved. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has more than Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. Nothing mm-hmm. against those two guys by any means, obviously. We love them both historically on this podcast. But I love Michael Pittman. I do love Jonathan Taylor and Naeem mm-hmm. Hines out of mm-hmm. that backfield. I love Mo Cox probably more than I should. Um, love Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell Paris season Campbell, coming up. Damn it. If he can stay healthy. And rookie Alex Pierce has been looking, or Alec Pierce, sorry, has mm-hmm. been looking magnificent in preseason for whatever mm-hmm. that's worth. I then look at Jared Goff. We've talked again on this podcast. Yeah. They've gotten lots better. Of, lots of weapons. Yes. Improvement. I mean, Jamison Williams not being available until probably, you know, later in the season. That's mm-hmm. a bummer for him. I was hoping that he'd be there a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Seems like that injury is going to keep him out longer. Man, I think I would still take Matt Ryan here just in the belief of, hey, we've seen him do pretty well with a lot worse. So I, I want to give the edge to the the old veteran here and hope that he has one year. How about you? Uh, uh, I I would say probably I would lean Matt Ryan, although it's it's close. That's the whole reason why I put that one together. Um, yeah. I just think overall, Indy's going to have a much better season, and we've seen Matt Ryan produce at a very high level uh, on multiple seasons. So I mean, like you said, maybe this will be a swan song. And he will just come out and light the world on fire and have one of those magical seasons where, again, nothing against Jared Goff. Like, he's got the weapons. I think their offense is going to be very much improved this year. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and finish a hell of a lot higher than people think. Yeah. But still not better than Matt Ryan. Yeah. So I guess, like, if you're at this stage in your draft 
and you, you're in a one quarterback draft. I mean, there's very fat chance that you're taking either of them, mm -hmm. right? Like, we're not saying that, oh, these guys are better than any other dart throw at the end of our draft for quarterback, right? Or is that what we are saying or what you're saying? Would you take, honestly, as a real dart throw at the end of your draft, would, if you have one quarterback that you want, you're going to take Matt Ryan? Or Goff? If I, if I had to choose one, I would take No, Matt I mean, Ryan. just Matt would Ryan. I? Would you take Matt Ryan if, if that was the case? Because I don't know if, how I could get there. If we're talking about a league like our home league, you only have limited waiver wire pickups, then yes, I probably would. If that was, it was like him and then everyone else below him, then I probably would. Mm -hmm. But okay. in, in, a, in a regular, just one QB of unlimited waiver access, no, I just wouldn't at that point. I'd just stream it for the one bye week I had to worry about. There you go. Yeah, that's 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 completely fair. All right, let's wrap it up. I know Last we hate one. wrapping up with this with this damn position, but I'm doing it. I'm fucking doing it, Dustin. We're talking tight ends once more. Uh, <laughs> Richard, how sad is it? We're comparing Matt Ryan to Jared Goff. Yes, yeah, that is all the pain. All right, that's unfortunate. Let's talk about Robert Tunyon going tight end nineteen versus Evan Ingram going tight end twenty. You want to get in the weeds? Let's get in the weeds, man. You want to take a, a punt? at the tight end position and say, screw TJ Hawkinson, for example, and I'm going to pass over Pat Fryermuth. All right. You're at the end of your draft. You have these two guys. Who would you rather have? Tanya or Ingram? Uh, for the record, I do like both of these players this year as late round tight end dart throws, but give me Tanya over Ingram. We've, we've seen Tanya do it before. I think he's in line for, assuming he starts the season healthy and he plays right out of the gate. Where he's in line for a double-digit touchdown season again easily in this offense. Uh, we know Rodgers trusts him. He throws, you know, tons of not a ton of balls to him, but he tends to find him in the red zone, which is the most important thing in a tight end, especially this late in the draft. I think Tanyan has top seven upside for the season. I, I really do. I think that's out of the question because who else are they going to throw to? I know we've. Uh, we've talked about it before. We don't need to get into the, the details of why we think that. But, yeah, give me Tanya and over Ingram. Although I do like Ingram for this year, I think he's going to surprise people as well. Yeah, if you're in a position where you would, let's say, want to draft two tight ends for whatever reason, these are the two guys that I'd be going for because I don't believe in the guys at the top of the uh, ADP for tight end this year as much. So I'd much rather go this approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, now I too love Evan Ingram and that's mostly thanks to Andrew Cooper, who is kind of a tight end guru on Twitter. Follow him at Coupe Fiasco on Twitter, by the way, he loves Evan Ingram and he has convinced me to love Evan Ingram even more than I already did. Uh, but with that said, same reason I love Tunyon for those crazy touchdown, uh, weeks that I think he's mm -hmm. going to have, I think you're going to have multiple weeks and multiple touchdowns, and that's great because if he mm -hmm. gives me four points, I don't really care as long as I get those awesome, impressive weeks from him. Yep. All right. We did it. We did it. Short, Shorter show this week, but still action-packed, lots of good info. Anything else you want to add here, Jake, before we get out of here? COVID blows. Don't get it. Zero out of 10. Do not recommend. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, 
Thanks for joining us, folks. As we remind you every single week, hit Jake up at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. You can hit me up at FF Dusty Dog. You can hit the podcast at Drinking Fantasy, where either of us will answer your questions. We are here for you. Answer any and all fantasy or non-fantasy related questions for you. If you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can see our beautiful faces every single week. We are live for our audio guests every single Tuesday evening. You'll find us there. It's great. Give us a rate and review wherever you do your podcast. Do all the things. Do all the things. Help us out. We appreciate you. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut up, shut up, shut up.